A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no subject. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to one of my favourite shows. It's the the ever-increasing size roundtable. The more people you have on a roundtable conversation, listeners, the more chaotic it is as a chairperson to keep something listenable together. I'm going to try and do my best. I've got a good array of Millwall experience, knowledge and opinion sat looking back at me on this Zoom call. Number one, the man himself, the husky voice regular, it's John Rankin. How are you doing, John? Evening, Nick, and evening, chaps. Happy New Year to you all. I'm well. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everyone, all the listeners out there. Um, joining us too, another, we, we, we did a show recently, it's Jim Hackett. How are you, Jim? All right, Nick, thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, again, Happy New Year to everybody. Started out very well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, the, the man who I met at Beckenham Town last season, I'm going to have to do that again soon, it's Graham Payne. How are you doing, Graham? Oh, good, Nick. Good evening and Happy New Year to one and all. We've got, everyone's got to say Happy New Year. It's a rule on the show. And finally, wearing his uh, Sporting Lisbon 1993 pinstripe number. I haven't seen that show in a long, long time. It's Matt Richards. How are you, Matt? Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good, Nick. Hi, chaps. And um, yeah, I bought this of John Kerr. He said I could have it. So. Oh, amazing. You can still get into it, mate. Well done. <laughs> it's time. Gentlemen, 2023 dawns. And I would suggest to yourselves and the listeners out there, this is one of the best opportunities. We, we seem to have said this a few seasons now, but this is the best opportunity we've had in a long, long time for, to win promotion. Um, looking at the, the nature of the time, we're sitting six as we, as we record this show. Um, big January, obviously, of, of transfer speculation ahead of us. Um, talk of Benikafobe going away from the den, leaving for the uh, United Arab Emirates, apparently. Um, that's not confirmed as yet, but that's the talk on the internet. So one presumes that the the big graping gate hole, uh, great, great, gaping great hole in the squad is, is goal scoring. So presumably, if Benik's moving out, chaps, that, that means that the club must have and at the moment, an unknown goal-scoring target in hand. I mean, it's a big opportunity. I mean, I, I'm hoping that, um, and I've noticed earlier on today, that there was a, uh, a share transaction, money coming into the club, 9.6 million of shares, I see, whether that's for the training ground or whether it's to invest in a goal-scorer, I don't know. But there must be a priority. I mean, John, goal-scoring, is it, is, it, is it an area that you see as a priority or, or, or other areas of the pitch for you? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. The amount of chances that we create. And obviously, you know, I, I, I go in the Colpo Lane end 
So the amount of times that ball whizzes across the box and no one gets on the end of it is staggering, mm. really. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. A good, solid centre-forward, you know. I mean, Tom Bradshaw is more of a sort of goal poacher, maybe inside forward to me. I, you know, I'm not an expert on these things up front, but, um, but you know, a traditional centre-forward. The one thing about Benikafobi was he was good at making space for himself. I know he's got a lot of critics, but I'm a, I'm, I was positive on Benikafobi. I thought technically he was a really good player and he could get the ball, he could take his man on and he could make space in the box and he scored some great goals. The one against Huddersfield, you know, the one recently against them um, uh, when he turned his man inside out. So, yeah, I agree. Centre forward for me all the way. I mean, Jim... Um... Moral fans notoriously divisive when it comes to some players. Um, Benick seems to fall into that category. I mean, I'm noticing we'll come back to Tyler Bury later, but we, we do seem to love a boo boy and we do seem to love a, like a, a figure to pin all of our ills on. And other players seem to get easier rides. Um, a Benick, a phobia leaving, I don't think there's probably any, any unfortunately, a great loss in a sense because he hasn't really performed this season. Um, but goal scoring for you is would that be an issue, or would you look elsewhere in the side for from your side of things to to strengthen? No, I think um, same as everybody else. I think it, it, every time you watch a, the, the team play, there's there's a gaping hole there with somebody to put the ball in. I think it's a real shame about Bennett because I thought when he came in, he gave us that spark and he looked like the the, the missing piece of the jigsaw. But as time's gone on, he had a little period of of scoring goals. They then went to two up front last year, yeah, with him and Bradshaw, and and they looked to really hit the right mark. And then obviously, I think uh, Gary Rout's formation, changing the formation, Bennett's injury didn't do him any favours. And I think every time you've seen him this year, he's he's like a shadow of what he he did have. Every now and then, like John says, he would do something that makes you think there's still that player there. But I think overall, I think nobody will be too sorry to see him go because I don't think he's given us enough this year but it's then what they re- yeah. what they replace him with which to, to me is the the bigger one and, and they've got to find a goal scorer from somewhere a natural goal scorer I think Bradshaw as much as he works hard and everything else isn't that natural guy that you know if you look all the other teams seem to have somebody who puts the ball in the net on a regular basis we don't have that no, it's a major weakness. I mean, Matt, I mean, Saturday, I, mean, uh, I thought uh, that Tom, I would love to have seen him got that hat-trick. I thought maybe that second goal was way too much of a stretch to claim it as a Tom Bradshaw goal, and that took away the, the you know the third hat-trick goal. But um, he does miss a lot, doesn't he? I mean, there was that screamer of a chance in the first half on Saturday that got put over the bar, and it's, it's an area that's, um, I suppose, Gary Rowett sees as much as we do on the, on the terraces. Yeah, and I think... Um... To be fair to him, you know, we got him when we were, we were a division below, when we were in League One. You know, he, he came into us then, yeah. or we just we just been promoted, haven't we? I think to the Championship to replace Greg. Last Greg season Greg, he came in, didn't he? Bradshaw. He replaced Gregory that, after the first season. Yeah, after so, the first season in the Championship. Yeah, he so he's, he's he's never he's never That's been right. there to replace a, a top Championship forward, or you know, a, a forward, you know, who would be playing in the Premier League. So he's, I think he's done a decent job for us. But yeah, I mean, that, that chance he had after he scored the goal, you know, he should have hit it with his left, but he's he tried to hit it with his right. You know, who am I to criticise Tom Bradshaw? But you, we we do. I mean, even before this, this these rumours about a phobia going, we needed another forward anyway. So you could argue perhaps we need two. You know, but it's it, like all the chaps are saying. Um, 
I think what's been positive over recent weeks is that we're creating a lot more chances than we ever did. I'm, you know, thinking back a year, we wouldn't be creating any chances whatsoever, but we're doing that now um, away from home. And we did it, you know, um, the last game on Sunday. So yeah, we need forwards, but then every club coming up to this window, whether they're fighting against relegation, yeah. they're fighting for promotion. If you're in the Premier League, everybody wants a goal scorer, don't they? So we just need to hope and pray that the um, the scouting is, is working and we can we can unearth a couple. I mean, the scouting, Graham, I mean, we've said a few times on these shows, I mean, I want to take my hat off to the scouting because we've actually backed some winners this season. I mean, in obviously with Zian Fleming as the as the standout, but also for yeah. me as well, uh, Andreas Vogelsammer, because they're both decent players. I mean, Vogelsammer obviously hasn't hit the back of the net as much as, as uh, Zian has, but you can see there's a, it's a clearly a good player there. I'm hoping that um, whoever I'm presuming that we're going to get a replacement for Benning because nothing's nothing's official. Um, but that's the kind of player. It's probably going to be a lesser known or unknown player coming in from possibly abroad. We seem to be looking, you know, away from England now. I think that's a good thing personally. How do you see it, mate? Yeah, I agree with that. But um, I also think, as well as what you're saying about the uh, needing a goal scorer, which we do, but you know, apart from the way it seems away from home, we've finally started to score goals. But take Rotherham out. The, the three home games before that, Wigan, Hull and Bristol City, we created really nothing. And for all the, the chances mm. that Bradshaw supposedly misses, he hardly gets any in a game. And I feel we still lack that creative player, whether it be another a, a winger. I mean... Zian Fleming, I've said this, and maybe I'm going to get stick over this. Yes, he scores goals, but playing in the position he does, he doesn't create goals. He's not. I don't think he's. Someone told me at last home game, he's not created one apart. You know, Rotherham maybe at the end, but he hadn't created one goal all season. So I do think we lack creativity, especially when teams that come to the den and just stick, you know, many men behind the ball, and we can't break them down. You know, Hull, Wigan. That to me, even Bristol City. That that was six points drop for me. We should have won all three of them games. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I was going to, going to repeat the, the point in a way. Is we do seem to, uh, and historically, I think we will probably have struggled to break down mediocre to average sides, such as Bristol. The other night, there's been other Wigan. I'm thinking back to pre-Christmas. We've always seemed to struggle. I think. Um, I think the. The, the the holy grail at this level is to find an intelligent player that can have some physicality with it, and yeah. you know, um, hopefully, hopefully that's what we're looking for up front. Uh, John, I mean the the the, the flair, the, the kind of um, the debate between flair players like Tyler Bury, let's get onto him, um, as against players that uh, are more your traditional, um, you know, Millwall styles of players. It's it, it's a difficult one because I mean I. I I don't know about you, where you sit, but I would clearly against Bristol. There are people digging out Tyler Bury for not, you know, not working hard enough, not tracking back, not not um, not getting stuck in in the in the traditional Millwall style. Um, but he is, you know, he's, he does have abilities that other players he can do things other players can't do. Um, I think there would be an eternal problem down the den that we just don't seem to or the crowd generally don't seem to take to flare players. Hmm. That was a sneer. That was a sneer. Yes, yeah, my, my, you're you're leading me, uh, defence counsel. No, um, I think I think Millwall has always suffered from um, how can I say 
being diplomatic. Um, Millwall's always suffered from very vocal supporters in a minority who've clearly never kicked a ball in their lives, right? And this has been going on for years and years and years and years. Tyler Bury is, you know, he's a rare talent which we should nurture and appreciate and applaud, not boo. And I think people that boo him um, need to study their navels for a little while because they clearly know jack shit about uh, association football. Um, there you are. He was a wonderful player. And, and he's, a, he's a fantastic creative outlet. And those of us that went to see the Watford game away, which I was one of, uh, remarked on how well Murray Wallace turned his form round because Tyler Bury was tracking back, putting his foot in, getting his body in the right position tirelessly. When they took Tyler off after 60 minutes, he could barely walk because he'd done so much work. So there's my five, Penneth. You know, take it out my chin, as my dad would say. Anyone's welcome to come out and see me at the CBL. Brilliant. I, 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 I agree. I, I, I do find it quite funny. I mean, and Jim, you've been around the Millwall scene a long time, like, like all of us. Yeah. I mean, I do find it quite weird. Um, Tyler was getting some stick because he, he made a run on uh, on, on the, the last home game, Rotherham, Saturday. Uh, Sunday, sorry. Um, and went past players like they didn't exist, like like we've all said a few times he can do, and then made a, a shushing kind of, you know, put his fingers to the lips afterwards. Apparently, I didn't see it. Um, and the people that are dishing out the abuse seem to be like um, ladies at the Seven Oaks Conservative Ball that clutch their poles and how very dare you say something back when I've just called you a cunt. You know, it's a very <laughs> odd... Um, <laughs> It's, it's, it's a very odd mixture of Milwaukee. I mean, I don't know. Am I being too hard? No, I, I think it's it's probably typical Millwall, Nick. I think it's uh, yeah. It's it, unless you're getting hundred, uh, and I'm not going to say hundred percent effort. If a winger, yeah. a winger especially, you know, if if he takes a player on ten times, he's expected to beat him ten times. There's not a lot of leeway. The fact, <laughs> that, he's, the fact yeah. that he's a young lad and he's He's getting all this grief. Isn't isn't going to end well, is it? You know, for either him or for us. But I, what I want to do, I want to go back to what Graham said earlier, and, and it's it sort of reflects around Tyler and some of the other players. But I, I think Rao might have stumbled on something again. In fact, that when we play good teams, and we do play a lot of good teams in the Championship, and he puts Savile and Mitchell in yep. there, they're workhorses. They win the ball. They do what they can, and we pick up results or we play half decently. I think the, the struggle we've had against the Bristol City, Hull, Huddersfield, um, you can go Wigan, that, those sort of teams. I think where he, he might have got it right was taking Savile out mm. and putting Styles in for that little bit of creativity that we've missed. And yeah, suddenly we had, yeah. we had something different that, that we hadn't had. And if you're an opposition manager, coach, whatever, that might have caught them out slightly, but I think we look brighter against Rotherham, as, albeit Rotherham probably the worst side we'll see all season. Mm. But I think just yeah. having that ability to change players around, because I think he stays too loyal to a winning team sometimes, you know, and, and that's how it is. But I, I do think, and I said in a, a group chat on Saturday, when or whenever it was they played Rotherham, that was probably a game that Tyler Bury could have gone on and shone in, because I thought down the left-hand side, as much as Vogel Samuel was over there, 
he didn't create too much, and yet there was plenty of opportunity for a wide player to get past. So for me, Tyler Bury needs to be bought in for the right games. Same as Style, same as Savile, same as you know all those creative type of players, and then left out the, the stronger games. I mean, if you were playing Sheffield United at home or Burnley at home, you would expect the big strong players to be in there. But I think when we're playing lesser teams, we can get our yeah. creative players in there, and there's enough workhorses in the team to to do all right. It's just we need that little bit of flair every now and then. And Bury's one, Styles obviously looks like he's got that in him, you know. And suddenly you've got two and. As, as much as people will say about Fleming, he doesn't create much. If, if he's got 10 goals, you know, he's he's not doing too much wrong. Yeah, he's been fairly quiet last couple of games, Jim, um, Zian, and, um, which is interesting. And on, on that point about beating, you know, men all the time, I mean, you, you're right, because as, as soon as Tyler stumbles into a, into a, into a you know, a defender, um, he gets slated. But even Lionel Messi doesn't beat his man every single time, does he? I mean, you know, it's you're asking, you said a very, very high bar. Um, I'm just, I'm just looking. In, you know, I don't know if it's interesting or not, listeners. But um, we're talking about goal scoring being a major problem for Millwall. But I'm looking at the Championship table. Um, goals four. There's obviously a runaway goal scored four side in Burnley. Fifty two goals from twenty six matches. Two goals per game. Literally, uh, Sheffield United got forty-four goals scored. Then you're coming down to Blackburn in third, boys, with thirty goals. Um, Watford in fourth with f- scored thirty-one goals. Middlesbrough, okay, have got forty-one, so they're you know they're scoring more ten goals more than everybody else in that top six, uh, the top the, the the playoff four, shall we call it? And then Millwall with thirty-two and Luton on thirty-one. So. I just wonder sometimes whether some of these ideas are they, they kind of collect get into the popular imagination. And when you look at the numbers, yes, we it's always great to score goals, and there are teams that have scored a lot more than us, but we're not that far off the pace with others. I mean, if Blackburn are, are in third on 30 goals, I don't know if their um, supporters debate endlessly the need for a goal scorer or, or not, but you know, it's interesting when you look at the figures, actually, we're not as bad in that on that front as. As you might have thought, we're we're part of a part of a of a group. I mean, a bit like Tyler Bury, you know. Is there a, is there a kind of like a a fixation on certain things that people can't get out of their head, and that becomes a a version of the truth that you know we don't score goals, but actually the numbers seem to imply otherwise. I think, I think there's an element of truth about that. I think as as fans, we're going to be hypercritical. Aren't we? Uh, Dan then we are. Yeah, ever since I started going, nineteen seventy-two. Yeah, but we are. Yeah, I was, I was one of the first things I ever remember as a kid. I mean, I'd, I'd never been to a football match, and I went nineteen seventy-two, and so I had no experience of what football meant in in the flesh. And there was a horrible fat bloke that used to get at the front of the Coldblow Lane end, and he was he was screaming the dog's abuse at Eamon Dunphy. He had it in for Dunphy, calling all everything. I thought, I thought well, isn't he like a Millwall player? Don't I don't know. You know, I couldn't even at that young age. I was only ten. Got the football match. And I couldn't quite make make it out. I never really understood it. Anyway, no, I mean, so I mean, I think going off on a tangent there. That's the way of the world. I think I was thinking to myself, like you know, as we as I think Jim was saying, we all agree that this is the best chance we've had for years of being promoted to the top league. I was thinking if if we're all sitting around in like early eighty eight. And we're having a chat about things, you know, where, what would we be saying then? And we'd probably be going, oh, Cascarino, he doesn't work hard enough, you know. And, oh, God, you know. Oh, yeah, Lawrence, he doesn't do anything. Never gets the ball over, you know, that sort of thing. Get rid, get yeah, rid of exactly. Sherry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and this is it. And, 
but that's just the way of the world, isn't it? Really. So I think you're right. A bit of a bit of reality check is always is always good. I was looking at the goal difference earlier, and we're not we're not too bad yeah. really compared to other teams. You know, the other adage is if you're not scoring goals, then don't let them in. And you know, we've, the defence has been pretty strong recently, apart from a couple of hiccups against the likes of Sunderland, obviously. Um, so we can be a bit hard on ourselves, um, but that's because we want more, don't we? And we want the, we want the promised land. We want to be successful. So yeah. I think it's probably healthy to be hard on yourself, but. Yeah, you need to kind of step back sometimes and actually think to yourself, where we are, we're doing bloody well. And, you know, we, we all agree we've got a really good chance to do even better than bloody well. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Achtung, Mehlball. Shall we touch on the great goalkeeping debate <laughs> of Bart Bielkowski versus George Lowe? I mean, I'm just thinking about... <laughs> The um, just looking at the defensive side, we've mentioned goals scored. Well, we're not not that bad goals scored, as as bad as maybe some might say. We're not that bad, not that brilliant if, at goals conceded. We've conceded twenty six goals. Luton have conceded twenty six. Um, Middlesbrough have conceded more, thirty three, twenty eight uh, for Watford, thirty for, for for Blackburn. Then then you're into the top two. I think probably discount them a little bit. Twenty five and twenty three for Burnley and Sheffield. So. That's a pretty good defensive. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 a few times this season, I think I've come to that we look a bit flaky in defence, and yet there the numbers seem to say that we're, we're pretty good, you know. Um, and the goalkeeping, I go round in circles of it, don't you? I certainly do. I mean, last time we was on here was after the Sunderland game, and I held my hands up and I said I wanted Bart back. But Bart being back on Sunday, every time the ball went back, I was just, oh, my God. And there was one point where he, he played a 1-2 with Danny McNamara in the second half. But McNamara yes. played it back and he sloshed it straight back to it. And, I, you know, I don't know. He, he does inspire confidence in me with his goalkeeping, but the kicking is just, 
every time you, the ball goes back, you, you, you're, you're arts in your mouth. You think, what's going And he managed to get it away, or he slices it. But um, just getting back on the defensive thing, I think the big thing is, is Hutch. He's got, you know, the last three games he's back, three clean sheets. And he's so vital. Yeah. If he can stay fit, I think we'll be fine. But it, it, the problem is because he's a bit injury prone and then you're asking, you know, Cresswell to come in or whatever, it's so vital if we if Hutch can stay fit, in my eyes. Yeah. You know, he makes such a difference. He makes Cooper a better player. And, um, you know, that, that's the thing. But getting back to the goalkeeping, who knows now? I'm, I don't know. I really don't. But. No, I was just... I was just looking at, uh, I think it was uh, London News, I think uh, Gary Rowett was saying that he's got a, a choice to make. I think, uh, I mean, John, I think he's a he's a long man rather than a Bart man, so to speak. So I think that we can probably expect to see Jules Long come back when um, he had, he had, apparently he had birth of his child. That was a reason why he, he couldn't play on against Rotherham. So that's, that's fair enough. I, I suppose they might be resting for the FA Cup game, which is a bit of a... Bit of because sadly a bit of a nuisance the FA Cup on on Saturday, but there it is. John, I mean Bart or Bart or George for you, which would you go for, mate? Well, you know, you know where my law is lie. I, I put in our WhatsApp group last year. Might be worth giving George Long a try. Yeah, and I got pretty you did much say that. <laughs> mystic <laughs> mystic <laughs> ranking. I got, I got slated by the <laughs> um, no. I'll speak to my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got it in black and white, well, not in black and white, green and black. But, um, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the reason is, is sort of quite simply this. It's dried up. We lost you, John. It just had a brilliant oh, point oh, to make then. We're silent. How disappointing. We can slate him now, he's gone. Um, we, we'll, 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 when he comes back, we'll... We'll continue. I mean, Jim, I mean, defensively, I mean, I thought Graham made a great point about Hutchinson because he does bring a certain calmness, logic to that defence. I think it's also noticeable how uh, Murray Wallace has turned his form when he was looking pretty pretty shaky at points earlier on, and yet he's turned his season around as well. And I wonder whether that is the influence of Hutch, yeah, I, that I, calm defend, central defender. I think Hutchinson, you probably notice more when he's not there because... There's there's less yeah you do there's less calamity defending isn't there but I, I think Hutchins is I mean he's a, a good leader without being vocal screaming type leader I think he brings out the best in Cooper but I also like you say I think Murray and Danny Mac over, over the last two or three games have really stood out well and and give it a solid back four I think on the um, the bar against long sort of competition if if it's a competition. For me, I think I, I started out the season very much behind Bart and thinking he was, uh, you know, our number one. But gradually, I think as Long's mm. been in there, his distribution, his communication seems a lot more solid, a lot more settled. And I just wonder whether Bart's knee injuries are catching him up as he's going along because his, his kicking is is going worse. When you think his reason for not being in the team, a lot of it was to do with his yeah. distribution. And you know, for me, I, I'd have Long. At the moment, and either of them will be all right, but other two, I'd, I think I'd have long the way things are. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, Matt. Isn't it? I mean, I, I must admit, I was the same about when Bart was dropped. I thought, oh, God, we're dropping this uh, one of the best shot stoppers I've seen. Um, you know, put him in on the same table as the, the great goalkeepers in that in that sense. And the distribution, as a fan, you probably tend not to look at it, it's not as spectacular, it doesn't catch the eye. 
Um, but it made a great save against uh, was it Bristol, wasn't it? When they were nil game um, late, which actually preserved the point, which looks quite valuable yeah. now. So, you know, I think he's improving, Jules Long. Um, I think Rowett will go back to him. I think he favours him for, for for those reasons, to be honest. Yeah, I think, that's, I mean, let's, let's be right. You know, neither of them are Jordan Archer, are they? You know, none of them are kind of calamities that, that we think... <laughs> It was a good goalkeeper in his time. He was, he was all right for a while. And obviously, he had a, yeah, a bad patch, shall we say. He lost it, yeah. Um, but, so, neither of them were a really bad choice. But And also, I kind of think that for a couple of years anyway, Bart was obviously a player of the season. He saved us on many occasions. You know, he had lots of shots to save. You know, he's a great shot stopper, but it's lots of shots to save. Mm. You know, how many opportunities does George Long actually had to prove he's a great shot stopper? I do agree there's been a couple of goals you could say, actually, you know, um, he could have done better. But maybe it's more of our memories of Bart than what Bart actually is now. Um, so I, I would I would go for Long as much as, I, you know, I love Bart. And I think every, most people have of that opinion, really. But, you know, if it all changes and suddenly Long... You know, drops a couple of clangers, then we bring Bart, Bart straight back in again without worrying. Big welcome back to John. You're in full flow, mate. You were making such an eloquently put point, and then the internet cut you. Do you want to finish? Do you want to finish what you were saying? I can't remember what you were saying now, so it couldn't be couldn't be as eloquent as I'm making it out to be. I can't so quickly, you've forgotten it already. Um, yeah, uh, no, all it was that you know when you're standing there behind the goal. Um, those defenders just haven't got the option. Of, you know, it's an extra layer of pressure for our defence, having Bart be as costly in goal as yeah. good as he is. Because you can see it. You saw it on Saturday. We were getting in an awful pickle because Hutch, Danny Mack, Coops and uh, Murray, rather than just play the ball, you know, back to George Long, who could have two people, you know, rush it. It's his coolness. Yeah. Rushing towards him and pressing him. He will just, you know, go round one and play the ball away. He's an extra defender, and that's why we've kept clean sheets. I mean, all right, he might not be as good a reflex goalkeeper as Bart Bielkowski, but, I mean, you, you know, you can't have someone like Bart at the back and survive in this league because I'll tell you this, if you've got a quick, you know, I'm surprised, you know, if we'd have, if we'd have played Bart against Watford with the pace of that front four, they would have been on him, you know, like a pack of wolves. Um you know, at Norwich, he, he, uh, John, Josh Sargent, you know, charged down one of his clearances and he wasn't really under pressure, nearly scored. So for me, it's George Long all the way. And I know that's going to be unpopular with certain mm. middle players, but there you go. I mean, you know, that's my opinion. Um, I think our defenders have got a lot more time, look a lot more relaxed, and I've got another option with George Long in goal, you know. Well, Graham, um it's a bit of a. I feel like we, we, we've mentioned a lot, but we haven't spoken about Gary Rowett. It's been a pretty strange managerial managerial run for him, really, isn't it? Because he's not the most popular of managers. I don't think that there's an awful lot of love. We, you know, even this season at times, there's been talk of is, is his time up, um, one more defeat from, and it's time to call the taxi, all this kind of stuff. And really, it's it's been a very strange run. When you look back, I think it was October 2019 that he came to us. It's been a period of, I believe, gradual improvement. And I was listening on um, Sunday. I was fortunate enough to um, to go uh, to the pitch side with Aaron after the game. 
and Rowett came down, so he was doing the, the post-match interviews, and one of the points he made to a, a lady journalist who was doing an interview with him was how much hard work has gone in to produce the situation where at the time we were fourth in the table. Um, and I, th- I think there's, I, th- I came away thinking to myself afterwards, for a, a manager that's not exactly uh, gripped the, the Millwall imagination, I suppose I'm comparing him, say, for example, with Neil Harris, most recently a much-loved son of the club, you know. Um, he's producing, repeatedly, he's producing situations where we're much, much higher in the table with expectations to challenge for the top flight, which is a level we've never really... <laughs> we, we you know, we've had old goes, cup-run-style runs towards it, but we've never had a kind of a consistency of expectation. Yet that's what we've got now. So I, I'm actually starting to think that Gary Rowett is... A good manager. I mean, that, that, that might come as a bit of a jolt for some people out there. How do you see it, Graham? At championship level, he's definitely a good manager, yeah. There's no doubt about that. And I know he's never going to be yeah. a popular manager at Millwall, but his record speaks for itself. And as you say, Nick, since he's come in, we've been in the top half of the table the whole time. We've never had to worry about relegation battles or anything. And... You know, you think back to even like Kenny Jacket first season. We were up after that. It was all relegation battles before we finally, obviously, went. And um, it's been the same before. But yeah, you know, I think for the at definitely championships level, he is a good manager. He may not be an exciting manager, but he is a good manager. And his tactics, whether you like them or not, they get results. And we're in and now in a position well, as we keep do. saying. This is probably our best chance in years, you know, to 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 get in the playoffs properly. You know, we, we normally we're coming from further behind, haven't we? We make a run later yeah. after Christmas. Well, this time we're in the top. Well, I'll be dropping in and out of it, but we're in around the top six at Christmas. So, and we normally perform better in the second half of the season. Yeah, traditionally, traditionally. I mean, I mean, uh, John. I mean, uh, how do you see Rowett? I mean, I, I think it's been a really it's been a strange process, as I've said, because he, he, he doesn't produce um, traditionally mill moments. I'm thinking now of the Harris win over Everton, the, the Leicester City, these, these kind of big cup tie moments of high drama. But then in league terms, we, we, we did okay, but we were full, you know, we were more a relegation fighter than we were a top six kind of uh, regular, you know. Uh, and as Graham's just said, we, we don't really look down anymore. We only look up. And that's quite a tribute to Gary Rowett, I think. Oh, undoubtedly. You know, technically he's very good. For me, um, it's what he, you know, it, it's... I struggle sometimes with whether he's really committed to the club 100%. Mm. Because I watch his interviews and he's always talking about... Oh, the missus is going to have a go at me. I've got to get up at six in the morning to come all the way down for the Bristol Port. <laughs> you know, it's all this like passive aggression about what a chore it is managing the club in South East London. And then, and then we've got the one about the um, what was it? Oh, Sunderland, yeah, free hit. Go out there and enjoy yourselves. And I think he 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 goes from you know I love listening to him because his knowledge and I learn a lot. You know about the things he says about football because I don't know a huge amount. Uh, and I learn a lot from what he says. But then what I do kind of know about a little bit in, in, in my other life is sort of getting the best out of people, um, having managed sales teams. And sometimes I question his commitment because whether he's committed or not to Millwall and whether he likes Millwall, he has to walk that, you know, he has to talk that talk. 
And sometimes I just feel that mm. if if a nice juicy position came up in Stoke or West Brom or somewhere like that, he'd be off, you know. But look, I'm I'm not criticising him. What he's done for the club is great, and I think he's he, he, with the resources that he's got, with the tools that he's got, I think he's doing a fantastic job. And the players seem to like him. You know, you don't seem to see a lot of. Um, you, you know, bad body language on in, on the touchline and all that. They all seem quite a happy crew. So, you know, overall, I, I mean, you know, it's like Matt says, you know, what is it, better the devil you know, isn't it? Or, or be careful what you wish for. So, yeah, I'm positive on Gary Rowett, but I wonder sometimes whether he's positive on us, you know? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. He does, uh, Jim, he does mention the traffic in London quite a bit, I must say. I don't, I don't know if it's a, a, a surprise to him. It seems to be an endless surprise. There's a Blackwall tunnel that you have to drive through to get to, to, to Bermondsey. But um, I'm also wondering if there is such, if that's not an oxymoron for that John just said, like a nice juicy position in Stoke. That sounds like a contradiction yeah. in, in terms to me. Yeah. But anyway, um, how did he strike you? You've you've been around the football scene a bit yourself. I mean, managers must come in all shapes and sizes, Jim. And um, I suppose yeah. it's whatever works in the end, mate. What works as a group, you know. I think he's, he's exactly what a modern manager is now, Nick. I think they're all very uh, yeah. PR savvy in terms of saying mm. saying the right things, never say the wrong things, and never upset too many people. To so it comes back and bites him. But for me, I think when we got him. I think everybody was quite happy. We actually got quite a decent name for a manager. Yeah. Nobody, I don't think anybody in Millwall really saw what he'd done previously that was actually magnificent, but nobody saw anything that was too mm. damaging to us. So he came in, he had that lovely run at the beginning. And and I just think his, his own nature isn't one of being in people's faces, isn't, you know, sort of flamboyant. And I mean, you've only got to go back to Holloway and people like that, that, you know that's the last thing we needed when he when he came in. He, he gave us he steadied the ship that, that probably needed steadying at the time. Gave us that run, and I think everybody hung on the words of you know I'll do it in three years or four years, whatever it's going to be, you know. And I think his progress has been steady. I think he's one of them managers that it's better to be lucky than be good sometimes, where he's pulled a result yeah. out of nowhere or the team's pulled a result that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. And it just gives him another little feather in his cap to be able to say, look, you know, we're going in the right direction. How he's got there, I think sometimes nobody's quite sure. But I think he's getting there. I think a couple of players now will enable him to to finally have that stamp and say, look, this is it. This is what we're about. Because he's got from four, five at the back to four at the back, putting Bradshaw in there, putting Biddy, Mitchell and Savile together. Somehow he's got there. Without, I think I don't think he knew how he was going to get there, but he's got there. He's got results, and for me, I, I, I think he's he's not done a lot wrong. He's not done fantastically well, but he's done better than what I think we had every right to expect. Yeah, I mean, big big four weeks ahead, man. I'm just looking at the the. Uh, if I'm going to discount that FA Cup game. I know that is sacrilege in some um, people's ears. Um, cup, cup run, all this kind of. I'm going to disregard the Sheffield United game, which is on Saturday. But looking beyond that, Middlesbrough away on the 14th. Cardiff, um, they're just above the uh, bottom bottom three, and then Burnley and Sunderland. That, I mean, that's four, apart from Cardiff, I suppose four huge games in you know rival game uh, rival sides at the top of the, of the table. It's a big, big four weeks ahead of us. Yeah, it it really is. I think. Um... I mean, everyone's seen how, how well Barrow have been doing under Carrick, haven't they? Because um, they're in the bottom three, I think, when we when we 
um, a lot earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, and I see Akpom has been he's been linked with a couple of clubs, hasn't he? So maybe that might unsettle him. So he won't, won't score against us. I don't know. Cardiff are struggling, so I kind of quite fancy this against Cardiff. And I think I think our waveform, as like I was saying earlier, has definitely improved. You know, the last three or four games, We're definitely playing better. Um, Burnley's going to be a bit of a free hit, you know, and I quite fancy that one at home. You know, we'd be packed out. Sorry, I shouldn't have said free hit, should I, mate? Should be a big one, um, shouldn't it? But, but, yeah. but, 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 you know, and Sunderland. Sunderland's always a big but, game. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the crowd, we have, we have a big crowd for that because they'll bring a lot down, won't they? Sunderland. Um, and Burnley will be a packed house as well. Um, I know I'm taking, I'm taking my father in law, he's a Burnley fan, to that one. Um, so that could be quite tasty in the Richards household afterwards. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I'm quite looking forward to those because I think what's happened recently is that we have we are we are playing well. And Jim, like you said, you know Sunday's game. I think you know we're a bit of tinkering there with Honeyman coming in and Styles coming in as well. We're, we're finding ways of breaking down teams as well. So we're playing different styles of styles as well against different teams. So I'm being positive, but you know the key thing is. We need to get a couple of players in um, in the window as well, don't we? So if, if we can do that as well, and then um, yeah, then I think um, and yeah, Hutchinson says fit, blah blah blah. This if this if this if this, then lots of lots to look forward for, look forward to anyway. Achtung, Milwal. I was just looking. I think I mentioned it earlier on in the conversation that there was a post. Uh, apparently, a com- is it company's house? It might be on the share market. There's been a thing called a, an allotment of shares. And I had to look up what this means. What does share allotted, shares allotted mean? This, this What it means is, I think John Berylson has created a load of shares for himself and bought them himself for 9.6 million. I think that's what it is. Um, but anyway, it's an influx of cash, 9.6 million, which I'm going to guess is for this training ground that we're developing down at um, West Kingsdale. They said 10 guessing. million, didn't they? For, um, yeah. Whether any... Yeah, so it sounds like that's 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 what that is, I'd imagine. Um, I doubt it's going to be to buy a superstar uh, forward, but um, we'll, we'll see. Um, another thing I found, boys, that was just inter- I don't, interesting to me anyway, there was a... a someone posted a, 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 an average away following league table. So... Um, the the highest and the lowest away followings. Uh, top of the away attendance table is Sunderland. They take an average of two and a half thousand fans wherever they go. Uh, Burnley second with two thousand three hundred, and so down the league it goes. Um, Sunderland top two and a half thousand. Mill bottom listeners of this particular league table with uh, seven hundred ninety five. Come on, you lions! Um, we're, we're top of the away bottom. fans. <laughs> So, but, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to make the obvious point about quantity versus quality, but that, that did cross my mind when um, when when I saw this this league table. It's a bit, I wonder why. I mean, we've never been a big club in terms of numbers, John, have we? I mean, you know, attendance-wise, you know, twelve to thirteen to fourteen thousand at the Den is uh, probably can't get we can't get many more than fifteen thousand in the home sections of the ground anyway. So, you know. We've never historically had big numbers, um, but that's that's. I don't know. I just, uh, you know, the cost of living crisis affects Sunderland more than it does London, so I, I don't know that that can be brought into into play as um as a reason why people don't. And maybe is it just not 
not that many tasty fixtures for people to go to? I don't know. It's a strange one. Yeah, I mean, with you, I mean, I've been to quite a few away games this season, and I think one of the reasons is the away support is not from Millwall; it's from Kent, and um, you know, most mm. of the people that turn up in the car park to get the coach at like eight in the morning, we're all from you know, there's Herne Bay, Hastings, you know. Um, the the outskirts of North Kent. It's all home county stuff. So the actual proper journey for your typical Mill supporter is from Bexley Heath, you know, that way going out towards the south coast up to Sunderland. And when you put that into it, it deters a lot of people. I mean, Watford was an amazing away day, one of the best ones ever. Absolutely fantastic. And it was easy to get to. But we went to Huddersfield, you know, and I tell you what, there's a few of us there. We were so knackered by the time we got there, we hardly had any voice in us to sing. You know, it's a grueling trip. Um, so I, I take my hat off to you doing it, mate. I take my hat off to you. Honestly. I took my own hat off to me doing it as well, I tell you, Nick. <laughs> you know, it's because I've got my son with me. He's, he's, he's the uh, galvanising, you know, driving force. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean... No, I think it's just pure logistics, mate, to be honest with you. It's a hell of a journey. Once, I mean, Stoke, West Brom, Birmingham, they're, they're doable. We're going to go to Cardiff. We went to Bristol. Mm. Bristol's all right because you've got the M4. But when you've got to also, the, you know, the journey through London, getting through London, if you're going by car. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You know, yeah. I know we shouldn't swear on here, but it's a bastard, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I get that. I mean, just looking at the next away game, but Middlesbrough, oh, yeah. proper away game, yeah. uh, Middlesbrough. I mean, that's that's always a tough one, um, boys, isn't it? I mean, Jim. I mean, you're 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 up north anyway, mate. You're, yeah. I suppose, some of these games are closer to to you, aren't they? Um, we do actually have quite a, a surprising number of Millwall fans that, for many many reasons, have moved away from London, often to places where you wouldn't expect to find them, such as. You know the north of England. There's a lot more than you you think. When I when I send the calendars out, they're going to all sorts of addresses. I think well, Millwall fans there, Millwall fans you know, in some odd places, Jim. They're all over the place, Nick, aren't they? They're like rats. You're never more than <laughs> yeah. never more than five feet from one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good, that's a good analogy. I don't know. I can't really top it either. It's a good analogy. Yeah, they're they're, they're all over the shop. Um, anyway, we'll move along. We'll move along. Um, I thought it might be amusing to go through some of the. the I, I um, made the point that Gary Rowett's nickname regime is a bit unimaginative, listeners. And um, as evidence, I'll present uh, Benno, Stylesy, Coops, Hutchie. Um, these are all just, um, as I put it on, on Twitter, obvious plays on surnames. And I thought maybe that. Um, Bit more imagination, chaps, is is is, a, is needed, is appropriate because they're just you know they're, they're basic stuff. So I've I've got the um the Twitter thread here and um some suggestions from better nicknames for players. Um, Murray Wallace is of course Muzzer, chaps. Muzzer is 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 his nickname, but Cat Robbins, Cat, big shout out to you. You call him Twinks. Twinks is a strange name. <laughs> <laughs> Twinks. Um, sometimes when she when when Cat gets carried away, Matt, she calls him Twinksy because um, he's got twinkle toes. She oh. says. So have you noticed these twinkle toes? Mate? <laughs> I, 
Well, I mean, he's, he's famous for his quiff turns, isn't he? So maybe oh. Johan or something like that. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, Wallace, you would have said something like something to do like Murray Mint or something, Minty or something like that. Or... I was just going to quote your own tweet back at you. You suggested um, Billy Mitchell being called Peggy well, Mitchell. Peggy, it's got to be Peggy. I can't believe it's not Peggy. I, I, actually, I reckon it is Peggy. They just haven't made it public yet. I liked, um, I li- well, this is a highly controversial one here, Graham, from MLL1980. George Savile, he says, could be called Fix It. There's <laughs> <laughs> a, a nod to his ability to control midfield, he makes the point. I, I don't know about that one. That's a, that's a, that's a dicey one. Um, who was the other one? Oh, uh, another one from MLL1980s on fire here. Um He's calling Tyler Bury John uh, Royal Mail, a good striker of a ball sometimes fails to deliver. <laughs> Royal Mail. Well, I'll, I'll take that. That's all right. Uh, someone else says, take take the Z off as Ian Fleming, make him into Ian Fleming. Right, but it's not a very good nickname, is it? There we are. <laughs> We're short of nicknames. We're going to have to stick with um, Gary Rowett's Ben Owen styles. Um, a couple of bits to largely finish us off here. Um, just wanted to make the point. I mean, John and I have been involved in a, an online d- debate, dispute, conversation, internet kind of uh, meme uh, about these um, this, this business of the memorial stones. Um, I just wanted to ask fans out there who've ordered the memorial stones to go on the our wall section at, um, at the club. So just to uh, forward your receipt to Shona Groves, the supporters liaison officer. I'll stick a link on, on the show notes for this, but she is on Twitter and I think there's the club website's got her email address. I would recommend that you forward your email, your email receipt for your stone when you bought it to Shona because there is a legal dispute going on at the moment and that will be helpful, I understand, for a club to get that information together. Um, and I think that that's probably as much as I want to say really on that one, John. I think probably best best um, best leave that there. Um, the calendars are setting very well. Um, the calendars we're up to. I have assessed we've got a, a donation there for the food hub of nearly eight hundred and fifty quid all in. Um, Kelly's going to have some more for sale at the food hub at the FA Cup game on Saturday. So if we can get that donation over the line to. A thousand pound, it'll make my little my little year up. Actually, I think it'd be a, a, a fantastic achievement if we can get there. But we're not far short of it. All in now, eight hundred and sixty. If you do want to buy one, then there's a link on the uh, Mill Supporters Club website to to buy them. I will still send them out to you. I've got, I've got some more stamps today, so I can send them out. Uh, instantly, <laughs> I found a load of orders that had gone into my junk email. So thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I'm not in the same position as your Tribute <laughs> Limited, John. I was, all, I, was I almost. I was almost balancing on the edge of the cliff and I was falling into that into that, that abyss of, um, you know, not fulfilling my orders. Um, I'm out of stuff on my agenda. Boys, did you want to make any final points about the season before we close out today? Jim, did you want to make any final closing remarks, as they say in Parliament? Yeah, I think I'm the same as everybody else now. I think we're, yeah. we're in no man's land at the moment. I think we're we're all hoping for the best, expecting the worst. And you just never know, do you? It, I think the transfer window will have a big bearing on, on our next sort of push or lack of it. Um, I think for everybody watching the, the Millwall team at the moment, I think we're all very happy with what's going on. We accept there's going to be good and bad performances, but at least they're, they're showing a bit of grit and 
Let's hope I'm we carry on like together yeah, the season. Was, was, and the um, calendar's fantastic. The photos way, are like fantastic, that. all from Chris Bethel. He, he's a, a, for those that yeah. don't know Chris, he's a, 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 a long-term Mill fan and he collects um, memorabilia and photos. He's got a massive, massive photographic collection. So there's some really fantastic ones, some some team photos I hadn't, hadn't seen myself. Um, some really old ones with the names written in, handwritten. So it's, it's, um, it was a nice, nice thing to be able to do. Um, Matt, I mean, I, I, I think that uh, Jim's right. I think it, the next few weeks will be a season turner, whether we sign the right players. And as we've said already, four big games to come, the four big league games to come across January and early Feb. Yeah, I just think it's, you know, we, we all need to kind of try and enjoy this as well. You know, as much as it's going to be stressful. It's... Yeah, Enjoy. I know. Do you remember that Mill. word? Yeah, I, know, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think we do, though, because if, if we can, I, I know. Oh, God. Um, if, if we can, because how often do we get in, uh, how often have we been in this position in our lifetimes and looking back at, you know, us um, grey-haired chaps on, on the screen here. Very rare. Um, um, yeah, it's very, it's rare. very rare that we've been in the top six at the turn of the year. So... I mean, it's 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 going to be ups mm. and downs, but let's strap ourselves in. You know, that's what we want to. It's, it's where we want to, it's where we yeah, want to be. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Graham, these these will be huge games. Obviously, Borough away and Cardiff away will be. Um, you know, we, we'll see what we can get from that. But the Burnley and Sunderland games at the end of the month. Hopefully, we're still in position to. Um, you know, to be to take, make those into big den occasions, they will be probably some of the biggest games that we've had for a long time. Actually, biggest opportunities both. So, um, yeah, it's all there to play for, mate, isn't it? Certainly is. Yeah, we, you know, I think what four points from the two away games. Maybe I'm being a bit optimistic. And going into them two home games, there will be big crowds, and you know, they're the sort of games yeah. where the, where the den will come into play. Mm. And uh, if he can, you know, get these. This transfer window sorted, and I, I just wonder one thing that hasn't been mentioned: Do we? Does anyone think this this the, the young boy they bought him from Ireland? Is he going to have any, you know, part of the first team? Imaku, Adomo, yeah. Imaku. I mean, I won't be surprised um, if he gets a run out Saturday actually in the cup game. Maybe Saturday, you know, but it might be too soon for the league. Be nice to have a look at him. Yeah. yeah. Isaac Alofa's gone. Uh, Hayden Muller's gone, a defender, obviously, but Isaac's gone. Um, you you think that um, he it would be nice to see him, wouldn't it? To see what uh, you know what the score, and also the likes of uh, Roman Essay. I mean, they've not looked out of the depth. He didn't look out of his depth, I thought, in the short time that we've we've seen him. So um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, but we'll see. I, I would expect the, the FA Cup to be the ideal format to uh, to you know give him a run out at least. Um, John, would you would you play him in the in the cup oh, game? Definitely. Uh, I, I, I was going to say the the big positives for me so far this season have been obviously Zian Fleming. Um, I mean, I'm I'm trying to learn a lot about what a number ten does, and I, I was watching Matt Griezmann in the mm-hmm. World Cup, you know, and uh, I think I think once we start learn Millwall as a club, learn the players learn more about Zian and the, and the positions he takes on the field. Um, I think we're going to see even more uh, good stuff from Zian Fleming. I, I think he's a work in progress. I, I'm massively positive on Vogslammer. 
Um, Vogelsammer, rather. I just think he's just, you know, <laughs> he, he's the most German-looking bloke I've ever seen in my life. You can imagine him coming over the hill. Yes. You know, he's yeah. an awesome, intimidating <laughs> bloke, isn't he? He's just brilliant, you know. So I, lo- I, yeah. I love him for reasons that aren't necessarily... I wonder why that is. I just think his presence is great. Um, but, yeah, Romain S.A., <laughs> And um, obviously Tyler, Tyler Bury. Um, the one thing I've got to say is if we if we keep pressing and if we put that high press on properly and really get into teams, there's no one we can't beat. I think it's when we sit back and try and be clever and you know and do all that kind of stuff and and fanny around at the back, you know, trying to play our way out from the back. I, I think we struggle. I'm not a proponent of lump ball. I think that's nonsense, but I'd just like to see that quick, direct, pro, you know, uh, progressive uh, sort of football up the pitch quickly and a high press. And I, I think we could do well. I think we could do well. I'm going to, I'm going to name drop again now because as uh, listeners might not be aware, I was in the press box on, on Sunday. How about that? <laughs> when, when I was down, at, I was down at the pitch. Um, they were doing like the post-match interviews down at the um, the management areas. And I couldn't get close enough because they were doing it on video and they wouldn't let anyone get close enough. I was trying to earwig on to um, Vogel Sammer's post-match interview. I could just about hear the most serious conversation, very German conversation. And I was trying to hear, there's something about, um, and he's being inspired. He was inspired by someone at Sheffield Wednesday. And I was trying desperately to think who who is inspirational at Sheffield Wednesday. And I couldn't think of anyone, but I think he is a, he's a very... Um, very serious looking German vocal <laughs> sound, and I think that that impression was really false. I couldn't get close enough, unfortunately. All the recordings I made down are all too quiet to use. So there we are. Gentlemen, I think we I've reached the end of my agenda. I want to say thank you to to Jim, to Matt, to Graham, and to John for coming on the show. Um until the uh, well, we'll be back after the FA Cup game next week. On, uh, on on Achtung Millwall. So, huge thank you for coming on the show. We'll be back next week with uh, more from Achtung Millwall and hopefully a review of our potential cup run. Until the next edition, it's Oliva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Cheers, Nick. <laughs> Cheers, Nick. Achtung Millwall. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.